This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Yo, what's up, guys? You like our podcast? You want to make your own? You have all the power, all the resources you need to make your own podcast. That's right. If you haven't heard about Anchor by Spotify, let me give you a rundown. Basically, it's the easiest way to make a podcast with everything you need all in one place. And here's how it works. Anchor lets you record and edit podcasts right from your phone or your computer. So no matter what your setup is like, you can start creating today. Then you can distribute your podcast to the most popular listening platforms, including Spotify with a single tap. Anchor is also the only place you can publish video podcasts to Spotify, which is super important. With Anchor, creators can earn money in a variety of ways, including ads and podcast subscriptions. That's right. And best of all, Anchor is totally free. So download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. That is anchor.fm to get started. It's what we use. We get a little kickback from it, and we appreciate it. So if you guys want your own podcast, go to Anchor. Dot .fm to get started. Peace. Hello and welcome to Anatomy of Sex. I'm your host Melanie Studley. What's up? You know who I am, you know what I do. <laughs> <laughs> but today we interviewed Tony and Elisa De Lorenzo of One Extraordinary Marriage. We've had them on the show before and they they're, they're so awesome. chill. It was just like it was like a phone call. Like, hey guys, what's up? Let's just talk. I Let's know, just they're go. They're the best. Right. But we did have a cogent conversation. We talked about the six pillars of intimacy. And we're not just talking about sex, we're talking about all six. So you guys do not want to miss this conversation. It's good. You're going to learn stuff from it. So check right. it out. You're going to love it. Enjoy. Right. Later. We have Tony and Elisa. You guys are awesome of One Extraordinary Marriage. How are you guys doing today? It's so good to see you. It's fun to be with you guys. Yeah, it's been yes. a little while. Mm-hmm. It has. Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 think I love your we, background. That's Thank new. you. Yeah. It is. Yeah, it is. It is, is kind of new. We're stepping it up. <laughs> um, we, we've known you guys for a couple of years now, done some show trades and stuff, and just wow. stayed in contact over the years. So I really value that relationship. And today, we're going to talk about the six pillars of intimacy, right? Yeah. And this is yeah. like your guys' wheelhouse. Mm-hmm. This is this is what you do, your jam. So can you just introduce yourselves to our listeners who may have not heard you yet, and then we can dive straight into that convo? Yeah, I'm Tony DeLorenzo, my beautiful wife, Elisa. We're from One Extraordinary Marriage. We have been podcasting for 11 and a half years uh, mm. over at One Extraordinary Marriage. And we started there because we wanted to get open, honest, and transparent with folks. In all honesty, uh, prior to that, we had numerous struggles in our own marriage. And I had found personally that it was just difficult to understand where to go because a lot of the books that we were reading or going into was just like, hey, romance your wife, love her, take her out on a date. And, and then it sort of left it there and I'm going, well, how do I do that? What do I do? What does life look like? And so when we started the podcast, it was all about being open, honest, transparent. Let's get real with people. Let's get real with ourselves even and just get behind our microphones and just go, hey, let's just talk and see where we're at mm-hmm. and, and go to places and start being vulnerable with ourselves and with each other. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That was 11 and a half years ago. 
Yeah, that's that's awesome. You that's guys are crazy. You guys are old school podcasters, right? right. And, yeah, not quite originals, but pretty darn close. Right. Yeah. yeah. That's so cool that you guys got into that space so early mm-hmm. and you're still going super strong, probably stronger than even freaking ever. You guys are just all over the place and doing so much stuff, which is totally rad. Thank you. It's yeah. become part of the fabric of our life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, it really, you know, the thing with with anything that you make a commitment to, I mean, if, if you really break that down, we have committed to having a at least a 30-minute conversation once a week for the last 11 and a half years. Mm-hmm. And just that one, that one step into emotional intimacy, that commitment that we didn't know we were making when we started, because right. I really thought we were only going to do 10 shows. Yeah, Elisa, um, honestly, it was like, can we just do something so I can just get like, this off of box, my plate? Stop talking about it. We can be done with it. And she honestly is like, I'll, we'll do 10 in her mind. She didn't tell me yeah. this, but she was in her mind. She was like, we'll do like 10 episodes. <sighs> and we'll be done. How and funny. then you'll find something else to do. And <laughs> over 650 episodes yeah, now so <laughs> oh clearly i was wrong um but it was that commitment to to just having a conversation once a week yeah right to really having a conversation once a week not just talking about the kids or the bills or anything like that that really fostered the emotional intimacy that's been life-changing for us and in hindsight now with so many couples that have gone back and listened to all these shows for so many other people literally around the world yeah. right yeah, i was it's... gonna ask you how many episodes you've done because like People like even when we do coaching and I'm sure when you guys have clients, it's like they will say, I want a marriage like yours. And you'll say, well, (laughs) are you willing to have I mean, you've had 600 and something conversations directly about like topics that matter to your marriage. So that's what that really is like what it takes, guys. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yes. And that's true, because I think so often people people want the marriage, right? They'll see your marriage. They'll see our marriage. They'll see, you know, whatever Hollywood celebrities on the cover of a magazine. They're like, I want that. Mm-hmm. But we never stop collectively as a society, take a step back and go, I wonder how they got there. Right. right? How many years did they have to work? What were the trials and the struggles that they went through mm-hmm. and they were willing to overcome mm-hmm. in order to have the marriage that is what it is? Yeah. yeah. I, oftentimes I say, uh, sometimes because we have three shows now, right? And right. that's three dedicated conversations more if we batch record, of course, <laughs> every week. And it's like really cathartic. I'm like, hey, Melanie, I look forward to doing mm-hmm. podcasts with you. Of course, whether it's interviewing awesome guys like you or just one on one, it's those are some of the best conversations that we have. It's right. not even, it's like we could not even be doing a show or have a camera or whatever. It's like, Hey, we're just chilling and talking and working through stuff. We we wrote we recorded uh, an episode yesterday morning, and it was early. It was because I had to go to Portland yesterday, and it was like seven a.m. recording, and wow. like we were like dying laughing, and it was the like so much fun, right? Right, and it was great just way great. to start our day, <laughs> right? And then we created you know hopefully great content out of it, right? So yeah, just putting in that work. So I applaud you guys for doing that. Mm-hmm. And so after 650 plus episodes, you guys have, you know, created and morphed into so many different things. And yeah. what we're going to talk about today is the six pillars of intimacy, right? And let me just read them for our listeners. And I want you guys to just, we'll take a deep dive on each one okay. to really go into Let's that. Go. So the six pillars of intimacy include emotional, the physical, the financial, spiritual, recreational, and sexual. Am I correct yes. there? You, you are correct. Also. Oh, all right. So <laughs> let's go to everybody's favorite sexual. No, I'm just no. kidding. <laughs> but, but, the last. There's a reason it's at the end. We want everybody to get through the other five. Right. Because, get there. because you know that one's probably the most self-explanatory. 
Right. Exactly. I love it. And it's really great that it's the last one because it's like, just like in a healthy mm-hmm. sexual relationship, it's foreplay. All the other yeah. things. Right? All those things have to be there, mm-hmm. have a pillar to get to the last one. So I'll yeah. let you guys dive in. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's really interesting because we've been talking about different forms of intimacy literally since the show started. I mean, our, our first, first book, book. Yeah. Um, Stripped Down 13 Keys to Unlocking Intimacy in Your Marriage, we started talking about them and really have watched them I have watched our understanding of them grow as we've been studying marriage because we knew all those years ago that, and I'm sure you guys run into this too, when you say the word intimacy to people, automatically, like you said, we think to sex. Mm-hmm. But like I tell my coaching clients, you can't be having sex 24-7, right? I mean, you can try, but it's just going to get challenging and most <laughs> people are not going to succeed. So how do you foster intimacy? How do you foster connection and closeness? in every area of your marriage. So that it becomes this really holistic approach to looking at all of the different ways that you and your spouse can interact. And, you know, you mentioned the first one there is emotional. And we often refer to that one as kind of that workhorse pillar. It is the one that really carries the strength because how you communicate both verbally and non-verbally is going to impact what you're talking about and doing with your finances, with physical touch, with your spirituality, with your dates, with your sexuality. So it really starts with the emotional intimacy. Yeah. And the emotional intimacy is obviously about, you know, getting open, honest and transparent with one another. And even with yourself, vulnerability, are you willing to go into these places where you haven't been before or you've touched, like you've sort of gone your foot into the, the water and then you've stepped back and what, what does that look like? And so being able to get open, honest, and transparent with each other, both verbally and non-verbally, um, starts to open up. You know, it strengthens that pillar. We see so many folks who have cracks in that pillar because of how they were taught or how they were shown or how they learned to communicate, shut down, explode, whatever may happen. So it's like, how do we really strengthen that one? And then we jump into physical intimacy, which is our touch. Um, so... When we first started looking at these, I just want to share this because of the evolution of it. Mm-hmm. When we first started our looking at these six intimacies, we only had sexual and we didn't have physical. And so as we began to look at where we are now, we really realized how important that physical touch is. Mm-hmm. Separate from sexual touch. Right? Yeah, it's not a, it doesn't have to be sexual. And you guys, even right now, you guys are close to one another. There mm-hmm. may be a shoulder touching one another, maybe a hand underneath grabbing her butt. For all I know, um, yep. how'd you know? <laughs> yeah, every photo shoot, photo shoot we do, there's one picture with this hand grabbing my butt. So he just automatically assumes that every couple. Right, but it's the, it. it's those touches, cuddling, holding hands, kissing, hugging. That's so vitally important. That doesn't lead to sex. Mm-hmm. It's just us being close to one another, touching one another in a way that honestly allows one of each other to know that we got your back. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And let for me, couples, that's different, right? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, let me just, this is a, a funny story. I've, I've said it before. So in 2018, I oh. flew to Dubai, right? Which is about the farthest you can go. And I uh, did a keynote at a mental health conference, right? In Dubai of all places. And so it takes a million years to get there, right? (laughs) And I was alone. I went completely alone. I don't speak Arabic or anything. And it was, and I didn't touch anybody the whole time. I was there for three, no, probably five days on the ground. And I was like losing my mind. I was like, okay, this is a new experience. I'm in another country and stuff, but I'm okay with that because I travel well and all this stuff. What's going on? 
I hadn't touched anybody right. for five days. Or like talked into, or, you know, because or, or, or talked, he doesn't or, or, speak the language. And so right. A, and I, I found like this real visceral response to like, nobody's just touching my shoulder or holding my hand or I'm not touching Melanie's skin or our mm-hmm. kids or anything. And it was so weird because something like that you don't think of until it's like, okay, I don't have this anymore. Right. So it was just like so trippy. And of course that was non sexual. So right. I'm s- telling that story because it is so vital. Mm-hmm. Just that warmth or skin on skin or, or whatever in a non-sexual way. It's huge. It's right. huge. So I'm so glad that you guys include mm-hmm. that in a non-sexual way because a lot of couples are like, he's just grabbing my boobs all the time or my butt and all he wants is sex or, you know, vice versa. It's like, no, let's let's take the sex part out of it and go, let's I mean, fulfill women, this. Like, wives just come up to their husbands though and just grab their penis. <laughs> It's, it's probably not as common. I, I, I wouldn't mind. Honestly, that, like I, I, you said that, and I'm like, that's such a that's such a husband thing to do. But I just don't know many wives that are just like coming up to their husbands and grabbing their penis. And if they do, because when Elisa would do that, like if I'm touching her, and all of a sudden she's like, "All right, well let's go," and she like, I'm like, right. well, "What are you doing?" Like, yeah, I, yeah. You don't, like, you don't need to be so aggressive standard. with me. Like you can just like aggressive, grab my- aggressive. Huh? <laughs> okay, so digress. Am I right though? Well, you are correct, but I think it's funny that you find it aggressive when I come. I know I'm just saying it's just just an interesting thing though to think about. Anyways, that's that physical. (laughs) Right? No, that was a good moment just now. I liked that. That was very funny. Uh, No, and I kind of want to camp on the physical part for a minute because we often do this with our clients, where like. Well, there's this big gap. They're very, you know, they want a better marriage, but they're both kind of mad at each other and blah, blah, blah. And a lot of times these couples have not touched non-sexually for months. Like there's been no hand holding. There's been no, I love you. You're so good. Like there's none of that. And we actually have to coach them. Like I will say, turn to your spouse right now, hold their hand, just sit there for a minute. Don't I know? Yeah. And sometimes they literally like their whole body language is like, fine. And they'll like do, mm-hmm. you know, that. But it's it very, very interesting because so many positive things sort of domino from loving, affectionate, non-sexual, physical connection. And we completely avoid it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just like not even important. And then it goes straight to like grab the wiener, <laughs> you know, like it's not, <laughs> that's not. <laughs> you've, got, you've got one extreme or the other. Right. 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 And and that is a that's a very true statement there about what happens in marriage. Like when there is disconnect, a lot of times it's not just the withholding of sex, it'll be the withholding of all touch. Mm-hmm. And when that happens, you really, I mean, you know, Seth, you were talking about it being there in Dubai, right? What what starts to happen to all your internal systems when you're like, I haven't been touched in a long time, or I haven't had the opportunity to touch. Mm-hmm. And you realize that you can literally get all out of whack pretty quickly yeah. when that isn't an aspect of marriage. And, you know, it, it, we talk about doing baby steps with our couples, right. Where it's just like, okay, you, like you don't have to lay on top of each other for four hours and like, just be like skin to skin, but what would it look like to hold hands for a minute? Mm-hmm. Right. right. Because some people are like, I, a minute, you know, that is a whole 60 seconds. <laughs> right. I'm aware. I'm aware. But <laughs> We've missed a whole lot of minutes in the last year when you haven't touched your spouse. Mm-hmm. We haven't break the ice, even with tiny little gestures. And again, finding what really works in this one, I really do think because we're so individual and then our marriages are 
these ecosystems mm -hmm. of two people coming together. So what does that look like for you as a couple? Mm -hmm. Like, what is that physical touch? Is, is it handholding? Is it because some are just so like, man, we are passionate kissers. We love it. We've shared many a times on our show. We did a whole series about kissing because Elisa is not a kisser. She just, she, it's not her, her go-to. It's, not, it's go -to. not her forte. She's not going to just be like, Hey, let's just make out here. I mean, mm -hmm. that's not her deal. Holding hands, cuddling though. And it works for us. It, mm -hmm. So you've got to find what does work for you. I think too often couples try to go, well, Seth and Melanie do it this way. So we have to do it this way. And mm -hmm. it's like, no, what, if it's, if it's honestly, and I've told this to Elisa, for me, a physical touch is we're driving down the road. Like just grab your left hand, mm -hmm. pick it up and move it on to my right knee and drop it right there. Right. <laughs> you, you do, you do that to me. I'm like, dude, she's thinking about me. It, Love it. it strengthens that pillar for me. Cause I'm like, she's got it, man. And so how do you guys do that in a way that sometimes maybe you do have to think about it a little bit. It's okay. We're all having to do that at times because we're just like, Hey, we're in our own world. Like we're like, all right, cool. I don't need touch, mm -hmm. but our spouse. Today. Right. And I love that you just presented, like, just lift up your hand and put it on my knee. Like, sometimes we don't realize that we actually don't communicate clearly what we would desire in a positive way that would help our partner out, right? Like, even, I mean, even just looking at all the pillars, like emotional, physical, financial, spiritual, recreational, and sexual, like, we need to have the awareness, the self-awareness to be able to communicate the, the vision for those things. Otherwise, we're all just guessing, mm -hmm. like... Hope you like it when I do this. I don't know. You know, and that's not great. And acknowledging the fact that over time, you know, over the life of a marriage, those things and what worked, I mean, Tony and I have been together 27 years, married yeah. almost 25. Mm -hmm. So what worked in our early 20s when we mm -hmm. first met, not all of that is exactly where we are 25 years later. Right. And if you're not having the conversations, 27 years later, well, 25, Mary. Yeah, oh, yes. Okay. 27, 27, 25, pick a number. When, when we met. Almost three decades. Right. We met, I was 21. So I have changed a lot and she has changed a lot. She's yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. We were babies. Yeah. Um, but it's having those ongoing conversations, right? What happens after you have babies? What happens mm -hmm. after somebody's home? What happens when we have these life transitions? What works for you now? Because I want to know who you are today. I don't want to mm -hmm. guess. Right. And use an old script if that's not who you are now. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Right. I love that. I love that's that. That's really good. Oops. Your thing went away. Hold What's on. the, so then the next one is financial. 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 So this is huge. One that a lot of people are like financial and intimacy. It sounds like some kind of crazy oxymoron. They're like, those two things. <laughs> <laughs> like, how does that go together? And why should we really be intimate in our finances? Yeah. <laughs> it's amazing because like, I haven't met a couple yet where money hasn't had some role in their marriage, right? Mm -hmm. They like to buy food and they like to have a roof over their head and you know, they like to have clothes. And so money is going to play a factor at some point in time. And so it's really getting into this place of saying, what does it look like for us to be able, not just to be able to discuss a budget or a mm -hmm. cash flow plan, but all aspects of finance, retirement, insurance, you know, mm -hmm. wills and trusts and, and all of these different types of things to create this depth around something that we are taught from a really early age. You don't, most people are taught, you don't talk about money. Right. Like to ask about it, but if I'm married to you, mm -hmm. how do I have, how do I break free of that mindset mm -hmm. and get into this place where I'm like, I'm actually going to share and be vulnerable. And I do want to share the story because I was out walking with a girlfriend yesterday 
and she, we were talking about marriage and she was telling me just a little bit about what's going on with them. And she was like, yeah, you know, we've really been working on our, our finances and our financial intimacy. She goes to the point where my husband, as she was talking about him, she's like, normal, like he didn't want to deal with finances. Mm. He's the spender. I'm the saver. And they had this conversation the week. She goes, what was the highlight of last week for you? And in her brain, she's thinking we had this amazing lovemaking session. Like that was so good. And he's like, honey, when we sat down and we were talking about our finances and just finding out that we were on the same page and we've just like, so in alignment and she, cool. she was in this place where she's like, not what I expected you to say, mm-hmm. right? but look at how much we've grown that for my husband, who is a spender and doesn't want to talk about money. That was the closest. That was the highlight of his mm-hmm. week. It is possible no. to be in alignment and to have depth and vulnerability when it comes to your money. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. And it's the, the, we talk about shared experiences too, like really strong couples have more, what's the Gottman like five to one ratio, more positive shared experiences than negative shared experiences, right? And this is perfect because the times where, because we used to do Dave Ramsey stuff and we had like a thermometer, right? Mm-hmm. And we we're like, me and Melanie are exactly on the same page. Right. And it's not just, how many dollars are in the bank account or, you know, what, how, how red is the thermometer from, you know, making our progress? No, it's not that it's you and me are on the same page. We're doing this together. Mm -hmm. It's not Mm -hmm. me going, Hey, we got to do this and stressing out about it. It's not her doing that. And then that level of trust of like, yeah, we talk about that, about that. And so when, when uh, this is another thing Dave Ramsey talks about is like how women have that uh, security gland kind of thing. Like, you know, the, the nesting thing It's like, okay, I got to know that, you know, that maybe this is from evolution or whatever. It's like, okay, I got to know my babies are going to have food and we have our nest and we mm-hmm. can take care. And I'm like, yes, we can. And like <laughs> filling that role and like being able to do that for one another is so right. intimate. Right. And again, like what you said, you know, people think about intimacy as like, okay, straight to sex. But no, I can be intimate with Melanie. I mean, this even sounds weird. Intimate with Melanie when we're looking at our bank statements. Hey, this is where our 401k is just to Mm -hmm. make sure that we know we have this and this and this. Well, even when you do that, I can feel like a sense, like an energy of protection. Like he is protecting our assets, our family, like ensuring that come school time, I will be able to buy all the kids the pants and shirts and backpacks and all the crap they need, you know, like that. And that to me is like love. That's like hearts all around my eyes when he's like, see, this is what the finances are doing. We, so, we, we have a joke. Like when I do that kind of thing, you know, she's like, do you want a fourth kid or what? Right, no, we, every time he like really takes care of me really well, I always laugh and say, I guess you want four kids. I would to the sexual intimacy. Come right. on, finances. I love it. Right, right. right. So, yeah. Um, so, okay. Um, spiritual. Spiritual. Huge. Huge. That's another thing people don't want to talk about too sometimes. Right. Yeah. Well, because again, most people are conditioned from a very early age that your your spiritual journey, your faith walk, whatever you want to call it, is yours. Mm-hmm. Right. And so we're never actually given the tools to say, what does it look like to share that with my spouse? What does it look like to say, this is what I'm praying for? What does it look like to say, this is the struggle that I'm having in faith? What does it look like to say, you know what, we're just going to do a devotional together? Mm-hmm. Right. If you're, if that's not been your life experience, but then you get married and you're like, I have this, this desire to do this with my spouse, but I don't even know how to ask you Mm -hmm. to do this. And so to really, you know, so many couples feel isolation around their spirituality when it's like, wait a minute, if I can, if I can develop that closeness, that vulnerability to talk to you about what's going on inside of me with my faith, 
wherever I am, then what does that do to the depth when we are able to pray together, to worship together, to go to church together, mm-hmm. all of that. Mm-hmm. And again, this, this becomes one of those places where we talked about the emotional intimacy being the workhorse, because you guys are going to have to have some conversation around this. And what does it look like for some couples doing a devotional right now is going to be the, the thing that's going to yeah. strengthen that pillar. Mm-hmm. Like they're not doing anything right now, or maybe they're doing stuff individually, but together they want to strengthen their pillars. So what are we doing? Is it a devotion? You know what I mean? What's it look like for some, I mean, for myself personally, I heard many a times from the pulpit that, Hey, you know, we get up at 5am and we, we read our Bibles together and we pray together. And I'm like, are you kidding me? Like if I do that, I'm going to just fall asleep. Right. And we tried it and I did fall asleep <laughs> because if I'm waking up at 5am, I got to move. I, I I'm, big into fitness. I love my cycling. It's part of what I am. But when I get up at 5am, it's like, I need a move. Right. Yeah. And so we tried that and it got frustrating. And so we just had to talk and go, all right, what does it look like for us? Mm-hmm. Worship is a big one, especially within our church. We love mm-hmm. our, our, our worship there. So they're being together. But most recently we, we started doing communion mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. communion, yeah, just that act of going, all right, we're, we're, we're not just praying for one another, but there's an act. There's something so important to us that really binds us to our heavenly father and goes, all right, this is it. Mm-hmm. And so that for us recently has been how we connect on another level in our spiritual. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was, You're gonna uh, say something I just tapped his leg because I had a funny That's thought. the signal for like, That's hey, it's my turn to talk. Uh, I was raised Catholic, so communion was always these like teensy flat pieces of, you know, like squished white bread with a cross on them. And I just thought to myself, can you do taco communion? <laughs> like, <laughs> can we have like taco communion? Can we start that? What are you talking about? I mean, it would be so fun. <laughs> taco communion. Yeah, okay. you know, break out of the rich. And I think that's a really good point, though. You know, when you're building your spiritual intimacy, you're actually looking at any of the pillars of intimacy. How do you make it uniquely yours? Mm-hmm. Right? Because your marriage is uniquely the two of you. Mm-hmm. So these pillars really, you know, as they become supports, as they become, you know, weight bearing structures in your marriage, how you define them, how you implement them, how you strengthen them really is all about you. If you want to have taco communion, <laughs> taco <laughs> communion. Yeah, I love you. Tortilla chip communion. I mean, I love, well, that's why I said that for Elisa to say that. And it well, worked you, you guys are in Southern California, which has the best tacos ever. Right. So, um, but <laughs> that, there, I, I like, I think there's a theme here to where this isn't just a very black and white prescriptive yeah. thing, because what worked for you guys 25 years ago is not going to work for you now. Mm-hmm. Does that mean it's bad or you guys are off track? No, you're, you have a growth mindset and you're flexible in that. But on the on the spiritual stuff, there was a time when Melanie and I were really going through the worst time of our marriage right. to where I was like, okay, I don't know anything else to do but pray, mm-hmm. yeah. but right. reach out to God, right? And that, that spiritual protection even, like, I mean, literally, we were praying like seven times a day. I set mm-hmm. prayer alarms that no matter what, for like a year and a half, wow. I'm like, I don't care where I am or where you are. This is what we're doing. And also, I had a leadership aspect in that, which was really important to Melanie. Right. And yep. just falling back on the, the strength of mm-hmm. our spirituality in that. And also the comfort that it brought, too, mm-hmm. by way of like protection and stuff like that. It was just, you, you, you can't get that 
from other things, right? right? And right. do we pray together six times a day now? No. We're just we and it's not like, oh, we've turned our back. No, it's not. It's like, oh, huh, that's not that's not what is. That's not it, it's not right. It's not right. yeah. Not the tool that you need at this point in time in your marriage. Mm-hmm. But you know, because you've had you've built that tool and or you've placed that tool in your toolbox that if you went yep. through a season where you needed to be praying seven times a day, you're like, we've done this. We can do it again. Let's right. pull it out. We need it for this season. Mm-hmm. Season we're in right now, that tool can be put away. Yeah. Right. And we're gonna pull out a different one. And and that's that's the beauty of looking it. at the pillars, right? It's not every tool is going to strengthen a pillar in the same way every single time. Mm-hmm. But if you know what the pillars are, it's easier to identify, hey, if we've got disconnect in our marriage, let's give it a name and then go after strengthening it because we can name it mm-hmm. instead of just feeling it's this elusive, we're Nebulous. disconnected, we're grasping for straws. It's saying, right. no, wait a minute. I, mm-hmm. we, haven't, we haven't prayed together in a long time. Maybe it's our spiritual intimacy that right. we need yeah. Yeah. Right. And yeah. I, w- I want to make one more comment too about the spiritual side, because I think often we think of it as like, what are my religious views? Sometimes we mix up these words. And uh, from my perspective, when we were going through all of our hard stuff, I leaned on spirituality and faith in God and the Bible to, to change my mindset. Like I used it as a hugely helpful tool for me to make our marriage better because it changed how I showed up. And yeah. so I want to encourage people to like, Flex, make yourself flexible in how you're thinking about what spirituality means. If in case you are sort of boxing it into, well, I'm a Methodist. That's not what we're talking about. <laughs> right? like, wrong conversation, right? <laughs> Helping that way, Melly. It's, it's great though. There's so many amazing pastors that we have access to, just like listening to this podcast. Mm-hmm. It, it may be one of those things to strengthen that pillar, maybe hey, you know what? We're listening to this one together this week and we're going to have some discussion about it. Um, and we're going to just dive into it. And, and do know, I just want to say, no matter where you're at in your marriage, a lot of this takes a step of faith. Mm-hmm. It, it really does take a step of faith to go like, I'm a little dry in my mm-hmm. physical intimacy. Or I'm, I'm struggling. We're struggling in our financial air. You're not alone if you say that yeah. at all. I mean, Elise and I've had these conversations multiple times and I'm sure you guys have as well but it's the step of faith going you know what we are a little dry here right now in our spiritual intimacy and maybe the one thing we can do right now is just jump into a devotional mm-hmm. some point in the day right. and just get started and, right. and believe me Elisa and I just even doing communion was a step of faith because it was like ah, oh, man we do that at church but what does it look like if it's just us two so even us we, 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 we sometimes struggle with that little battle that's going right. on in our minds and our hearts. And, and then we got to go, you know, we're just going to go do it. Let's roll. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It takes faith to choose the spicy communion salsa or the mild communion salsa. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> How many peppers is on the side? Right. Seth is going to like kick me off the show. <laughs> Look, what are you doing? No, I'm just kidding. So, okay. Let's go to the, the fifth one. Recreational. This yeah. is a big one too that a lot of people don't yeah. think about. It kind of disappears when stuff's going sideways. Mm-hmm. Well, because if you think about when you first met, right? Almost every couple's got a dating story. Oh, you know, he took me here. She planned this date. And we do all of these things 
together. It's how we get to know each other. It's how we get to expose our significant other to different aspects of our lives. And it's all about the activities, right? Those share, you know, Seth, you were talking earlier about the, the shared experiences, right? Dating is all about those shared experiences. And then what happens for a lot of couples is you have this amazing wedding, the cake, you, you know, make the decision, I'm going to smash it in the face or not. You get to dance. They say, Mr. And Mrs. You're like, sweet, we're married. And then, you know, the bills start to come and the kids start to come and the jobs get crazy and all this kind of stuff. And you're like, yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll date. We'll spend time together. Like when the kids are older, right. like, like we just, we have to take care of the kids and we have to take care of our jobs and we're volunteering and we're doing all this kind of, and there's not a whole lot of time for us. Mm-hmm. So, okay. We'll catch up later. But a lot of times couples don't catch up mm. and that's, and we're not saying you have to go like, this isn't a prescriptive to say you need to date more. Mm. It's really looking at what are those shared experiences? How are the two of you spending time together, not checking off all the chores, not just paying the bills, but building those shared experiences, building the fun back into your marriage, building the connection of let's go zip lining. I don't mm-hmm. know. I would like to just go sit by the beach and watch the waves or mm-hmm. so it's really getting into those experiences and those activities that the two of you are doing together. Mm-hmm. Right. I love that. Um, you, the, when you were saying, uh, like they say, oh, we'll just catch up later. For some reason, it made me think of a car and saying that about gas. Like, oh, I'll just get gas later. I'll run myself on empty now. I'll just get it later. Note, you will not make it to the gas station. <laughs> like, you will run so out of fuel, <laughs> right? And But people do believe. They think, well, well, yeah, sure, we haven't gone on a date in six months, but I mean, we'll do it later. And that later sort of never arrives and right. you've like broken your engine at that point. But another thing I wanted to say was this idea of the word recreational is recreation, the mm-hmm. recreating. So think about recreational activities are the things that give us life and joy and they make us feel really good, right? Like surfing or hiking or biking or whatever that thing is. And thinking about recreating that with our spouse, I've never really thought of it in those terms, mm-hmm. but I do think it is like, as much as we think taking care of our physical health is important, taking care of our sort of emotional recreational health is obviously very important, but we're really kind of not taught about it. And dating is not exactly the same thing, right? Like going on a date. I know from years when our kids were little, our parents would watch, my parents would watch our kids and we would go on a date and sit there bored out of our minds. Cause like we've gone to the same restaurant for the last six months. I don't yeah. even know what we're doing. And it wasn't feeding our soul, but mm-hmm. we were very prescriptive in like, this is what we're supposed to do. So I don't know. So just like you were saying earlier, it's all about like how it's different for each couple and how it's, you know, unique to their relationship and all that here's something for us and 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 i love and i love what you brought up there because dates date night Mm -hmm. activities even for us over time they can they become stale you're like kids are young especially when the kids are young you're just sort of like let's just get out because i just can't (laughs) i I just don't need to hear anybody and so you're sitting across from each other and you're wondering what the heck to talk about right that happens and um you know make sure you have some questions that you can ask one another Mm -hmm. to get it going that's okay to do um, but Elisa and I, over the years, you know, we've done what we call our walk and talks. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll get out to the beach because we live here in San Diego. We get out to the coast and we go for a walk. You know, it just takes us out of our, our vicinity of what mm-hmm. we're doing. And it's not just a date. Sometimes we'll go out. If it's in the morning, we'll go to a breakfast spot and we'll just go hang out or we'll go. She loves her espresso, or her chai tea. So we'll make sure she gets her chai tea and I'll get my iced tea. And we'll just, just go hang out a little bit afterwards. Most recently though, um, we've gone into card games mm-hmm. uh-huh. and Monopoly deal is one of those. And it's just that activity 
that we get to do together. We share together. It could be like, hey, it's the end of the day and dinner's being cooked and, and we're just sitting down at the table and it's a 10 to 15 minute game and we know dinner's going to be ready in half an hour. We can get two games in. Yeah. And it's in that moment of time, 10, 15 minutes, that we strengthen that recreational intimacy. Mm-hmm. It's not elaborate. We don't spend any money on it. Mm-hmm. We, we just honestly just sit down and make some time for one another yeah. and we, we get a little competitive so it can be a little like you gotta yeah. you gotta play it right especially if you're like romancing sort of lean towards sexual intimacy nah. like how like how hard do i go like i won and i beat you to like yeah. oh man i i won that one right, right. on like, <laughs> do during dinner right you want to set yourself up in a good right. way you gotta be strategic right. right 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 so let me ask you a question because i like to do uh things that melanie would think is a nightmare but as far as recreation right like i like we're up in washington so very outdoor oriented stuff i like to hunt and fish and ski and snowboard and all these things right melanie does not like those i don't like to kill animals right so that, but that that really feeds my soul just being out in nature kind of thing so and this comes up a lot in when uh, well she never wants to go and we just don't have any shared interests so i don't even know so what about your guys's experience in that like elisa are you an avid cycler like tony Cyclist. Sorry. Wow. You just crossed a line there. <laughs> Sorry. So you drink sweet tea and you're a cycler. I've been riding since I was 14 years old. I would not get on the one time. That is one my, time that's marriage, my place. One time in our marriage, we rode um, beach cruisers around Coronado. And the only way, like, even that was stressful for him. Like, he, like, like, couldn't listen ha- I couldn't handle it. Like, I'm just like, oh, it's honey, a beach you- cruiser. It's oh. a beach. Preserve. I'm so worried she's gonna get hit. Right. Oh like, my no, god! No cycling together. No, no cycling. cycling. Mm-hmm. But we have a solution to that because there are a lot of couples. We hear this all the time. What we tell Same. couples to do literally is make a list. You decide if it's gonna be five items, ten items. Right? You get really selfish. It's the only time we ever tell couples to be selfish. So, like Melanie, you would make a list of five things that you want to do. Seth, you'd make a list of five things and you might have hunting on there, and you're and then you two swap lists. Or you may have like gun range because you just want to go like right. To the right. range and just go shoot. You know? mm-hmm. So, so now Melanie, you have Seth's list and you see hunting on there and you're like, I'm not killing an animal, but what can we go hunt for? Right. And so you can actually like couples that are then empowered to put their own spin on, they know what their spouse wants to do, but now you're empowered to say, okay, I'm not going to go wake up at four o'clock in the morning to go right. sit in the cold and try and kill an animal. Like, I don't want to do that, but what could we do? Mm. right could we go to the shooting range because maybe that like that i can do it's still got a gun or you know bow and arrow, whatever right shoot arrows i don't know exactly what <laughs> method you do. um crossbow crossbow i'm like what? i'm like what are you doing spears <laughs> spears like yeah. <laughs> but, but you can get creative on that California or you might have you know, melody what would be something on your list i would probably do rock climbing that's like the first one i love rock climbing <laughs> So, so you may look at that and you're like, okay, rock climbing, not my fave because it's not hunting, but where, where could I take Melanie that I could still enjoy that experience with her? She's going to be super excited that maybe I am stepping just a little bit out because she knows it's not my like 100% thing. And, and, and you, it's actually a gift, mm-hmm. right? Now all of a sudden we're gifting our time. Mm-hmm. going back to that place, Melanie, like you were pulling the word about, we're recreating, we're breathing mm-hmm. life into this experience. If I gift you my time, if I choose to do something, even with my own spin on it that you want to do, all of a sudden the, the connection, that closeness that two of you have, you start looking at each other going, 
I know that wasn't your favorite, but I love the spin that you put on it. Uh I love that you did something that I wanted to do, even if I had to tell you what it was. Right. Which is okay. Which is okay. Yeah. 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 Be set your guys, set yourselves up for, for success. And by Mm -hmm. doing that, don't make your spouse have to guess. Another example, Alisa fell in love with F1. Netflix. Yes. I love that show. It's a great show. So good. But Alisa took it to the next level. Like, like I like to get up early. She, but she started learning about all the racers and the cars and the tracks tracks and all this stuff. And I'm like, what are we like, uh, whatever. Um, (laughs) And she started waking up. Like when they started racing again, she'd be getting up at 5am, 6am to watch the races. And the West coast. And yeah, (laughs) on the West coast. So I was just going, all right, it could be her thing. Or I can just step in and go, all right, like, I don't need to know all of it, but I can at least show like, hey, I'm interested mm-hmm. in like, I don't, hey, I ask her who's on pole, like, tell me who's on the starting lineup who, and she'll just go down and I'm like, great, let's wake up in the morning, wake up in the morning, I'll get down there. Um, once they start, usually I'll doze off after probably like 10 laps and <laughs> You know, if it's summertime and I want to go ride, I, I'll watch the beginning with her and then I'll go get ready and I'll go ride. And But it, it's just that little act of just going like, hey, I'm here. I don't know every single bit about it, but I'm willing to invest mm-hmm. some time and, and know what's going on and, and learn something that you love. And right. hopefully this October we'll be headed out to Austin, Austin to watch the Americas Oh, oh yeah because they do they do come to austin um or oh, maybe that's is it austin or dallas i, I don't remember yeah, but, yeah. reverse course even yeah oh that's so, so cool well i, yeah. I love Amazing. like what this idea that you were saying like when you're dating all of it is recreation you have absolutely no uh like what's the word i'm trying to say like responsibilities there's nothing you don't own a house you don't own a car together you don't have a kid together like there's nothing no responsibilities and so what's weird is that we wonder why how come it was so easy when we were dating it's like because all you did was fun stuff <laughs> like, put some more fun easy. stuff in your you know come on. <laughs> and easy, we yeah. we also were um more concerned then with like not trying to well we wanted to make them happy so mm-hmm. we i would do things like go uh rally driving with seth or off-roading with you and learn very quickly that it gave me super anxiety and I would just cry in the car like this you're a scary. trooper and you did it I yeah. tried though uh and so I think that if we can sort of recreate that was silly I didn't mean to say recreate but recreate those times where we aren't trying to preserve the things that we want to do only wait are we frozen can you hear us no we're good okay weird that was so weird maybe you're just really good at sitting still <laughs> Uh, but like recreating those times where we're not trying to fend off what we don't like. Mm-hmm. We're not trying to only do, you know, but being more generous and loving. And I love the idea of list swapping. We should 100% be doing that. Yeah. Okay. Because I would go to like a arrow, bow and arrow thing. I yeah, that, that would be fun. Or axe that. throwing. That'd be cool. Yeah, too. I really want to do axe throwing. A lot of people loving that. Right. Yeah. yeah. So, okay, you guys, now we've, we've built up, we've done the, the, the foreplay, right? And now we're at the, the last pillar and that's sexual, right? So let's dive into that. Let's talk about the importance and the snags and how we can really create awesome sexual experiences for both of us. So straight up sexual intimacy is important in marriage. Yes. Like, let me just blanket statement, stick a period on the end of it. It does matter in your marriage. If the two of you are not having sex and that's not a health related situation, and even if it is a health-related situation, you can get creative and still have sexual intimacy because mm-hmm. sexual intimacy is not 
solely defined as sexual intercourse, mm-hmm. right? Like there are a lot of different ways to be sexual with your spouse that don't even involve intercourse. And, and it's, it's one expanding that definition so that you can say, okay, well, what, you know, like we've been joking about foreplay, what does foreplay look like for the two of you, mm-hmm. right? What, what touches sexual touches now does your spouse like what helps to get them in the mood? How do you romance one another? How do you initiate? Mm. Right. How do you, you know, what are the positions? Are you trying new positions? Are you trying new loops? Are you having the conversation? Are you developing a language? This is where a lot of couples get tripped up is that just like money and faith, we're also taught from a very young age that we don't talk about sex. Yeah. Right. Most of us have parents that weren't comfortable talking about it. So we never developed this vocabulary. We learned from friends or TV or movies or whatever. And then we get into marriage and it's supposed to be this amazing, wonderful thing. And we're like, why can't we figure this out? Yeah. Right? Like, why is this so hard for us? Or why, why is your desire different? Or, and we have all these thoughts spinning in our head. Well, this is where the emotional intimacy pairs with the sexual intimacy to say, hey, we need to actually develop a language around discussing what we do sexually, what, how we initiate, how frequently we're going to have sex, what you like, what I like. Because then it allows you to develop that closeness mm-hmm. instead of keeping everything up here in your head where it's not doing you any good because it's just like on rinse, repeat. Yeah. <laughs> that was funny. Rinse, repeat got me. You had me on that one. Right. Uh, I want to ask a question because you. I love that you started off just saying like, look, sexual intimacy is important for marriage. Like it is mm-hmm. because we have had several, I mean, we have listeners right in. We've got clients who are like, I took sex completely off the table until this thing is solved. And you're like, wait, how? hold on. So we've had clients, some of them haven't had sex for months. Some of your clients haven't had sex for years. I had therapy clients for like 10 years. And I'm like, right. whoa. And yeah. I want to talk about, I want to sort of just like break. I want, actually, I want the, the guys to talk mm-hmm. about what that does to you as a husband and a spouse when, mm-hmm. like, if that's a request that your wife has made and you're trying to honor that, what does it do? What does that feel like? Does that make sense? Yeah. Uh, well, to, to a couple of thoughts before that. So Dr. Corey Allen, Sexy Marriage yeah. Radio, talks about, you know, uh, what is the phrase how that How you I, do I, sex is how you do life. Right. So uh, uh, a a lull in our sex lives or, or whatever isn't just like, oh, sex is gross and I don't want to do it. It's indicative. It's right. a symptom of the larger mm-hmm. thing, right? So it's not, I don't want to focus because a lot of times uh, guys in, in particular, or women too, go, we're not having sex, we're not having sex, we're not having sex. Okay, yeah, that's, that's I get you. I'm hearing you, bro, <laughs> kind of thing. I, I feel you. But let's expand that and let's, let's really see why, because this isn't going to happen. I mean, that's, again, why sexual uh, intimacy is on the last pillar. All these things have to be mm-hmm. in place, right? But, Tony, I'd like to hear your perspective on this, too. But not having sex, it, I don't know, sex is maybe different from guys. It's like, a, you, you've said it this way. It's like um, a wife can be like just sweet, awesome medicine, like a mm-hmm. healing right. balm, yeah. you know? And sometimes like if I'm stressed or whatever, I'm like, Hey, Melanie, can you just, just come balm here? Balm me? <laughs> yeah. Balm me or whatever, balm you know, me. just like, just, just come here. And, and it's that, Put your <laughs> ointment. right. And, and that, that's of course, sexual and non-sexual too, but it's like, Right. Oh my gosh, this is just like salve kind of thing, you know, yeah. that that metaphor. So for guys, it's like okay, things are cool. 
Things mm-hmm. are cool. We just had sex. Wow, that's great. And it's not like in a needy way. It's like, wow, everything's better mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> kind of thing. So how does that feel like for you, Tony, from a guy's perspective? Yeah, you know, when I have when I have a lot of stress, I will tell Elisa. Like, I will let her know that, hey, it's stressful. I'm, like, just in a spot where us connecting sexually just allows me to get closer to you. Because I feel like when it is high stress – some of my other pillars can begin to crack a little bit because when you start looking at stuff, like I don't know how to talk or I don't know how to express where I'm at right now because something is happening over here and I'm trying to deal with it, but I don't know how to express it yet. So that a crack happens there, or maybe finances start going sideways and there's a crack there. And I don't know how to, to share that with you yet. And yet if we can have sex and we can dive into our sexual intimacy and I can romance and, and we can have foreplay and we can get away from all of that it just allows me to just go, okay, I have somebody here in my corner who loves me unconditionally, no matter what may be happening in my Mm -hmm. life. Um, I do want to say though, this can go both ways, right? I mean, Mm -hmm. not always the guy who's pursuing and feels that way. A woman can feel Mm -hmm. just the same way. Mm -hmm. And for her that, that helps her. And she has a husband who's like, wow, I'm good. So yeah. It's like a, it's like a reboot, like a hard reset. Like, okay, I I don't care. No pun intended. A real hard reset. (laughs) I don't, I don't, I don't care what is going on out there. But like, if Melanie comes to me in that way and I'm like, okay, you literally just made everything better. Mm -hmm. And I, and I don't want any men to hear this and use this or weaponize this towards his wife. See, uh, everything sucks because we're not having sex or whatever because. I think there there is that out there, right? And mm-hmm. I don't want to be like, okay, women, right. you're responsible for all the sex. No, that's that's bullcrap. We're not going to go there. We're just sharing our perspective on like, yeah, this is what it does for us. So I'd be interested in, in what your guys' uh, perspective is in, in that parallel to, to, to mm-hmm. Tony. Well, I think my. it's interesting. To me, it, it, they use this term in our kids' school. It's like a brain break. Like the kids need a brain break. They need to stop thinking about stuff. They need to get their wiggles out. And it feels a little bit like that. Like, yeah, like I want to get my wiggles out right, later. Right. <laughs> I want to get my wiggle out. Right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it, I mean, for me, that's what it, it I, cause I, I don't have that same energy, but I can mm-hmm. respect it in you. Mm-hmm. And I see the result when I'm looking through that with a lens of love. If I go, how can I love my spouse who is feeling stressed? Like I love what you said, Tony, like when I'm stressed and something is happening over here, but I know if I can connect like this, it will be better. And so women, for us to know that, I think is really powerful. But what are your thoughts, Elisa? Yeah, I I mean, well, I 100% agree. I mean, there have been very specific instances in our marriage. Like I think about like when your dad was dying, right? And I, I like this image, it was four years ago. I have this image seared in my mind. We were making our bed. And so Tony's on one side of the bed. I'm on the other side of the bed. We, we knew dad was really, really sick and he's, you know, fluffing a sheet and he's like, I am super stressed. We're going to need to have sex more this month. And I remember thinking in my head, I'm like, your dad is dying and you're, you're needing more. Like it didn't compute, Mm -hmm. but the fact that he was able to verbalize that allowed Mm -hmm. me to go, does it quite make sense to me? That's not, that would not be my default. But if it is your default, and you know, even just this last week, um, we were sending our son off to college, and there was one night that Tony started to initiate, and I was just being emotional, so I literally burst out crying. And I remember through my tears being like, I know you're stressed and you need this. And I'm like literally sobbing. He's like, um, maybe not tonight, right? 
Like this, sobbing, ugly cry face. Yeah, that's not so like, so, but, but it is having this understanding. And I think, you know, a lot of times um, one spouse will, will be high on like really needing that emotional connection to want to step into sexual intimacy. And that spouse mm-hmm. is often married to someone who's like, I really need the sexual connection mm-hmm. to be able to be emotionally, emotionally intimate, intimate with you. Yeah. And so we have to be really careful as married couples on what we're withholding from our spouse. If you're withholding one of these pillars and expecting the rest of your marriage to get better, like if you say, well, I'm not going to have sex with you until, then you may, like, you know, you guys were talking about Dr. Corey Allen. You may be waiting a really long time because mm-hmm. if you're not having sex, you might not be doing anything else in your marriage. Mm-hmm. Right. Or if you're not having conversations, you may not ever get to sex. You may be like, well, you know, I'll, I'll talk to her when we start having yeah. sex. Well, you, you could be waiting a really long time time. Mm-hmm. And so we have to acknowledge the fact that all of these pillars, you know, if you think about a building and this is why I refer to them as the pillars, you know, pillars bring beauty mm-hmm. to a structure. They bring strength. They're able to carry weight. And so when you look at them, they, these pillars have a role, they all have a function and at different times they're going to be stronger, but we have to be pouring into them so that they can carry that weight so that they are strong, so that they yeah. are beautiful. Mm-hmm. And just saying, you know what, I'm just going to like table that one and it's not going to be important until I decide it's important. Right. Well, then your structure is going to tilt. Mm-hmm. Right. right. And you can't ignore a pillar forever and ever. You can take a pause, like a structured pause, a therapeutic mm-hmm. pause. Right. But to just be like, I'm just going to withhold this, mm-hmm. the potential for all the other pillars to get cracked and damaged is super high. And so I'm always like, please stop. Like, let's, let's talk yeah. about why you're withholding something. Yeah. Right. Because the potential damage is, it could be literally life-changing. And right. with that being said, there's sexual trauma. Mm-hmm. There's, there's been hurts. It could be prior to ever getting married. Mm-hmm. Um, these things, if you have not addressed them, can impact your sexual intimacy with your spouse. And mm-hmm. so what we always say is make sure you go see a therapist, mm-hmm. go to a counselor, get a marriage coach, get healthy, get healthy because Sometimes trying to do that on your own can feel so daunting and you do want to love on your spouse. And yet you're, you're tripping up because you were sexually assaulted as a, as a young child and, and you need to heal from that. Mm-hmm. Um, so always see where, where you're at, what's going on. And as you even grow, sometimes things are going on in other areas of your life where you just need to, you need healing. So seek out those who can help you through that process and take you on that journey so you can enjoy your sexual intimacy. God Mm -hmm. made it for us to enjoy it, not for it to be dreaded and like, oh my gosh, I got to go do that today. Mm -hmm. It's something that we want to see you have um, enjoyment in with your spouse. Mm -hmm. Right. And for some reason, when you're talking, I keep thinking like our relationships and our sort of the, our family, our world that we create for ourselves is like an ecosystem, right? If you take one thing out, like if I say, okay, I'm not going to bring the sun in anymore. Everything's going to die. It needs the sun. It also needs rain and shade and nighttime and soil and worms and bugs. Like we need all these things to have a healthy ecosystem. And when we remove even one like sexual intimacy, it changes all of that. And like the pillar example you were using, like, yeah, your whole building could fall. It'll drag all the other ones down. Mm -hmm. And I like Seth often does this thing where he'll say like, it just replaced the thing that we're talking about. So sexual intimacy, let's replace it with just finances. Let's say, nope, not talking about finances for one year. Where are you going to be at the end of that year? Having not talked one time about finances, it's not going to be good, right? 
No, so that's like scary to me. Yeah, I, I, right. I don't know what I would. I'd be like, where are we? What? What? Like, do we have money? Do we? Do not? we exist? Yeah. Your bills getting that? That like terrifies me. Yeah, you me. just like after the game. Like, I, I just start thinking that. about like credit Breathe. scores Breathe. and. <laughs> Breathe. Yeah, to me, but like, that's the but that's the the illustration of that point, mm-hmm. right? You know, like if you didn't if you didn't talk about your kids for a year, if you didn't talk about, you know, if you didn't eat for a year, where right. would you be? Yeah. Yeah. You'd be dead. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. So the, these things are so great and there's so much wisdom and insight and just real practical help that if people are willing to talk about these right. six pillars, then they're going to see the fruits of their labor and like, Oh, I'm so glad I did. I mm-hmm. was on a, a podcast earlier today. I was like, there's, I haven't been to the gym or done a diet or some workout pro- program one time. And then after that been like, Oh, I shouldn't have done that. That was dumb. <laughs> I shouldn't have woken up at five and gone, you know, done leg day today. That was the worst choice ever. Right. No, I'm always happy when I make myself do mm-hmm. those because wisdom does now what you're going to be thankful for later. Right? right. So if we can do these six pillars and really be, vulnerable and courageous to dive in you're well it's like we were talking about before then we're gonna like okay melanie and i have a fairly good marriage you guys have an awesome marriage but we've done the work right behind that you know to get there so speaking of work and if people want to know more about you guys and want to dive into the work where can they go to find what you want them to find um gosh let's see go to one extraordinary marriage.com that's the best and easiest place to go from there, you can find the six pillars of intimacy, the ebook. We are currently working on the actual book, which will be we'll released um, later this year. That will be coming out. So jump on over there. You can find the podcast and everything else we do uh, mm-hmm. from that point. Awesome. awesome. And Instagram, Facebook, One Extraordinary Marriage, right? Yep. yep. Awesome. Okay. Uh, thank you guys so much. I do want to ask just one last question. So I ask this oftentimes, but what is one thing, I don't care what it is, that's bringing you guys jazz right now? Like, yeah, I don't know. F1. I'm just, oh yeah, <laughs> F1, I guess you answer that. But what what is something just is super fun or you're looking forward to that's just really got you going right now? I'll start. I mean, for myself personally, I actually started working out again, like actual fitness working out, not just even on my bike. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just... It's early. It's only been a week for me, but it's just going, all right, you know what? I need to take care of myself. And I think it, it really hit me with our oldest leaving, just going, mm-hmm. you know what? I want to, I want to be around for my, my younger one. And I want to still be around for him. Um, but it just got me sort of jazzed to go like, you know what? I'm almost, I'm 48. Um, and just looking at my life going, what do I want to look like when I'm 50? Mm-hmm. And I just decided, you know, I'm going to just start taking those steps, mm-hmm. Seth. Like, I know it's not going to happen. Like, I'm not going to shed the weight. I'm not going to just be all ready and ripped in, in a week. I know I got a little period of time to start building up to that again. So that's mm-hmm. what sort of has me jazzed up again. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Is all your weight in your legs? Because you look extremely fit from my perspective here. You guys look great. <laughs> I don't know what weight you need to <laughs> shed. It's not only, you know what, it's interesting you say that, Melanie. It's, hey, we all have our own ish. Right. And when I take off my shirt and I'm 48 years old and you just have a little bit more around the, the, the stomach area than I did 10 years ago, even five years ago, I'm yeah. like, you know what? I just want to watch that. I'm watching what I'm eating. I'm taking out like all the, I'm, I'm a big French fry fan. Uh, <laughs> like so I can go to Ruth time. Chris, I can go to Ruth Chris and get a six day, like just Great it's steak. Amazing. And they're like, so what do you want as your side? And I'm, I'm like, uh, French fries. Yeah. <laughs> 
A steak and fries is like one of the best meals ever. I don't care. I don't care. Right. I, I'm right there with you. So just, you know, cleaning up, like right. even, even taking Alex and in, in drinking, like I just decided, you know what, I don't, I don't need a drink right now. I'm just going to clean that up. And, and it, because it, for me, it, I really start to feel it and it makes a difference in how I show up for our marriage and how mm-hmm. I show up for the one family at one extraordinary marriage and how I show up to my, for my kids and, and for those around us. Mm-hmm. I love it. Awesome. Yeah. Okay. Uh, there for, you go. You now know. Yeah. No. <laughs> I just know his alarm clock goes off really early now, so I'm not exactly as jazzed about <laughs> the early alarm clock. So. Oh, I'm not either. Yeah. Um, for me, I think, you know, we're, we're in a season of transition of, you know, we just sent our oldest off to college. And so like, there's this excitement about what's next mm-hmm. and, and how we are stepping into a girlfriend told me, she goes, you're not transitioning, you're upgrading. Mm-hmm. And I said, you know what? I'm going to totally adopt that language. I love it. But what, what is this upgraded version of myself mm-hmm. and of us as a couple of going, okay, what, how do we you know, going back to this word recreate, right? Mm-hmm. How, how are we recreating ourselves for this new season of being upgraded? And so I'm just, it's fun to be thinking again about those different things and dreaming and going, okay, what, where are we going? Right. right? With that, like both professionally and personally. And yeah. as a family, so. I'll just drop a few hints. It should be going in the direction of like women's retreats and I'll go to the women's retreats that you run. In Maui. Upgrade not, right? me to that. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, <laughs> Yeah. We we honestly use them too when we're looking at them and going, all right, where where do we have crack right now? And yeah. so we mm-hmm. But I would yeah. love doing women's retreats. So that'd be awesome. Right. Tulum 2022. Tulum right? 2022. We'll have to connect. That's right. So okay. you you guys, thank you again so much. I want to be respectful of your time. Uh, it's just always great to hang out. Yes. Uh, you guys bring an energy to this space that I really respect and mm-hmm. love, and I know that you guys are continuing to do amazing work so thanks if there's anything that you ever need we're up here in seattle so yes, let us know yeah thanks. we're here in san diego love you guys yeah, thank you I, so much thank you guys see, All right. see you later you bye